Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sport Huddle brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sport. I'm Ian Marsden and tonight we are joined by Rob Palmer, Stuart Taylor and Bill Dale. Hello everybody. Hi. Good evening. Hello. Um, And on this week's episode we'll be chatting some local football um, leads. Um, got a much-needed win, and uh, boy, what an atmosphere that was when that last-minute goal went in. Huddersfield lose their 500-game unbeaten run um, in midweek at Millwall, and Bradford have won two games on the trot, and wonders will never cease. Um, We'll also talk the Rhinos um, um, without uh, too much depression, I think, Um, and the Six Nations, which come to the conclusion this weekend, and then if we have time, everyone's sporting moment of the week. Um, so we'll start with local football. Um, Bill, you're the Leeds fan here. Um, that, how, yeah, let me start with this. How did you feel when Norwich scored their equaliser, which was literally just in injury time? Uh, utterly gutted, to be quite honest with you. Um, <clears throat> put simply, um, I've seen um, a number of uh, respected professional journalists suggest that Leeds should have been 6-0 up at uh, half-time, um, independent of each other. Um, I wouldn't have gone that far, but uh, Rob and myself were at the game, and how Leeds were only 1-0 up at, at half-time, the game should have been dead and buried and, uh, and, and put away. Um, Rafinha, uh, Mr Sitter, Rafinha hit the bar. Bamford, um, who played just the first half, I'll come back to that in a moment, um, had an opportunity that nine times out of ten he would have put away, and I'm sure if it had come to him in a couple or three weeks, um, with his eye back in, as it were, and the rust fallen away, um, he would have put that home, and there were other opportunities as well. Um, But... uh, uh, so to answer your question, absolutely flawed uh, on uh, on 92 minutes when that uh, equaliser went in. Yep. Um, Rob, tell me what it was like when the uh, winning goal went in literally about a minute and a half later. Right. Yeah, it was just mental. You just I was going to do a sort of pitch invasion. Um, yeah. It was. It was just pandemonium. It was. Um, I was just so happy for Jesse Marsh as well because. The, the way he'd set out, he'd, he'd, he'd clearly told his Leeds players just to go out Norwich and um, his, his side really deserved the win. Um, he made lots of chances for themselves and um, yeah, the, the players gave a lot of a good account of themselves compared to the game against Villa. Yeah, the Villa game was a little, um, what should we say, disappointing. Um but the win against Norwich, against a team that's in and around them, Stuart. So that's three points. Probably more crucial than than any so far. Yeah, I, I, I think so, hugely. Um, I, I've maintained all along, and I still maintain, that uh, there are three worse sides than... Uh, uh, then Leeds in the Premier League, and I think uh, I, and I saw a bit of the game. Uh, I, I thought Norwich looked tense, nervous and stretched. Uh, and didn't look very good, to be honest. Um, and I think they'll go. Um, Watford have shown some signs of revival, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think Burnley have got some some work to do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of nervousness around Everton. There's a lot of nervousness. 
uh, and I just might, I think they just might actually find out that they've appointed the wrong man at the wrong time um, uh, come the end of the season, but we'll see. But, uh, no, and, you know, it's, a lot of sport is played in the head, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it just uh, it remains to be seen how crucial that goal, Joe Gelhart goal uh, turns out to be, because had it finished at one one apiece uh, with, um, you know, with the with the chances that Leeds had missed during the game, then I think there would have been some real pressure on Leeds. Uh, mm. So, yeah, yeah, a, mass, a massive victory. Uh, they've still got Brentford to play. They've still got Watford to play, I think. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, they'll be all right. But uh, you know, I, I have to say, um, I think some of the chickens have come home to roost to Ellen Road this season in terms of the quality of the squad. Uh, and certainly, I think Jesse Marsh has got a um, a real job to do over the summer with his uh, recruitment team to, um, um, you know, to, to, to really strengthen uh, throughout the team. Uh, particularly as they may well actually lose one or two of their star players during the summer. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a job to be done, but that's for another. Yep. yep. Go on, Bill. Well, I, I think one two follow-up points. Firstly, Leeds were a completely different team in the first half with Patrick Bamford, who went off at half-time, and it yes. just shows what we've been missing. And if he's back now, fit, and able to stay so for the end of the season, that is massive. Um uh, Calvin Phillips is due back in some shape or form tomorrow at Wolves. And I think if those two are on the pitch, um, then, uh, you know, I very much endorse what Stuart says, that there are three teams that are not as good as uh, as them. Um, in terms of recruitment, I think they, uh, the, the chickens have come home to roost in terms of this small uh, squad. Um, and I think the, the fault really lies in the last two transfer windows um, where... Uh, uh, Leeds have let uh, Gianni Alioski go, uh, brought in, you know, in my view, a lesser player in uh, Junior Firpo uh, at, uh, at left-back. Um, and apart from uh, you know, Dan James, the, 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 that's the extent of the recruitment. And you know, yeah. there is an argument that they didn't really need another winger. Um, the big plus is with, with the new manager coming in, if he can keep them up, um, he'll have a full pre-season um, and he'll have these 12 games to stock take what he's got, uh, and we'll uh, be able to identify those players that can fit in with his style of play um, and, and, and go with the shopping list to uh, Victor Orta or whoever it is. Um, you know, maybe somebody from San Francisco 49ers if they have two games, <laughs> uh, with his uh, list of demands. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, bring and, Jimmy Garoppolo in. Yeah, I was just saying, Bill, don't don't get too upset when you're watching Rafinha turn out at the new camp next season and uh, and Calvin Phillips at St James's Park. Uh, I'm resigned. I'm resigned resigned to uh, Rafinha turning out somewhere else. I'd be very disappointed if Calvin Phillips went elsewhere, but uh, I can see you stirring the pot there. (laughs) Yeah, Calvin Calvin won't go to another team in England. I think he'll go abroad. Um, Rob, as a Blackburn fan. Give me your totally unbiased opinion. Are Burnley going down? Um, oh, we've got injured now, and is that better? Is that better? Oh, yep, yeah, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, well <clears throat> they've, they've, they've lost, lost me now, now. and um, and um, he's. he's 
He's, he's him in Tarkovsky kept, kept Burnley up um, in the past few seasons, seasons with Nick with Pope, Pope as well. Such a solid defence. I can't, I can't see how they're going to stay up the season and I know they've signed Vegos, who's brilliant side, along with Corne, keeping those clean sheets made Burnley so successful under Sean I can't, I can't see how they're going to do that. Um, cool. Rob, um, you are coming back in stereo, so I need to think, turn your volume down. Um, Stuart. Yo. Um, talking Huddersfield, um, mm. we'll um, remind everyone that Leeds are playing Wolves. Basically, when this um, issue of the... Um, podcast uh, and the special huddle is actually coming out and you'll be listening to it whilst Leeds are playing at Wolverhampton but um, we'll go on to Huddersfield who lost their first game in what seemed like forever um, in midweek away at Millwall and Millwall is one of those places that um, does seem to be the graveyard for teams that are doing really really well so um, but a great season so far, Stu, for Huddersfield, and can you see them going up? Um, I, th- I think. Uh, and by the way, um, it, it, uh, the new den probably, um, you know, has been a, a graveyard recently for teams doing really, really well, but they're not doing too badly themselves actually, and, and probably think that they're in with the squeak of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, can yeah. I see, yeah. Can I see Huddersfield going up? I think a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I was getting uh, very excited that they might do it automatically, uh, but um, uh, you know that, that that losing two goals in two minutes at West Brom on Friday night, having played them off the park, uh, yeah. was a, was a, was a big blow. And then uh, they did, uh, by all accounts, they didn't play well at all last night against uh, uh, against Millwall and lost two 0 So. Um, uh, I've now dispelled those thoughts of them uh, going up automatically, even if they do beat Bournemouth, uh, the John Smiths on Saturday. And uh, we'll be covering that game in full, by the way, from three o'clock commentary uh, from the John Smiths. Um, so really, it, it's now about the playoffs, Ian, I, I think. And uh, it's a really condensed picture in the uh, in the championship. I think anything down to 12th, you know, West Brom, who've uh, just finally... Uh, come to life under Steve Bruce may well feel that they can come through with a wet sail. Uh, so I think Town now have got all on, particularly as they played more games than anybody else in the uh, in the playoff picture. Uh, they probably, you know, they got it all on now to secure a playoff berth. Uh, less I games. Think it's too difficult to predict. It's too. You mean less games, don't you? Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah. 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 They, they played more than everybody else. That's the way. Yeah, yeah. I just they yeah. Thirty-eight games. I mean, your 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 favourite team, Nottingham Forest. Uh, you know, they played two games less than Town. Uh, the others have played a game less. So um, I I I don't know where it's going to end up. I still have a feeling that Middlesbrough will, will squeak in there. Possibly Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, you know, at least it's in Town's hands. Isn't it? Yes. And they yeah. played some great football, actually. They've been, uh, I've really been impressed with what Carlos Cobran has done there this season. Yeah. Uh, I, I think even the most optimistic town fan wouldn't have had them at third in the table at this point. So uh, it's, um, what is it? It's an eight game shootout, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, West Brom, after that 2 2 draw, went and beat Fulham, didn't they, um, in midweek? Um, Convincingly. Yeah. Convincingly. Which yeah. shows you that 
that fight back on Friday against Huddersfield could have been the catalyst for West Brom to, to come back into it. Bill, it is just, uh, uh, oh, it's just everyone can be everyone in the championship, but that playoff fight really, like Stuart says, does go down to about mid-table for teams who could mathematically and realistically be in the playoffs. It, 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 absolutely. I think you're probably about right there, on staying anybody in the, uh, the top half of the table. Um, and I'd go further than that. If, if West Brom, who are uh, six points outside, um, were to make up those six points and sneak in into sixth place, I'd fancy the chances of going up, you know, because yeah, it's quite often in the, in the playoffs, it's, it's not where you finish, it's the form that you're in as yeah. you go into it. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, sometimes there's a there's a team that's in the top two pretty much all season, have a dreadful run, end up finishing third, and by rights you'd think, well, the favourites to uh, get through to Wembley and uh, and win the playoff, and they get knocked out in the semis. And it's the it's the team that's been in sort of tenth or ninth all season that's had a storming run into the playoffs that has that yeah. momentum to carry yeah. them through. Yeah, and I think and, um, also it's a good point that Bill, and I think to add to that, I mean Huddersfield were an honourable exception when they went up uh, through the playoffs because I don't think they scored a goal, did they, uh, in, in the in the playoffs? No, they uh, didn't. Went <laughs> penalties. But I always maintain that if you're in the playoffs, you need firepower. You've got to score goals, and uh, you know West Brom have got more than the fair share of uh, of forwards. And and I think if they, I, I, I'm with you, Bill, I think if they can squeak into that playoff place, then you know, they're, 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 they'll squeak in clearly in good form. And then they've got the likes of, you know, Callum Robinson, Carl and Grant, uh, Andy Carroll, of course, now as well. Uh, so they've got some some real sort of uh, some firepower and some experience in there to, to take them through. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, something Stuart just said, I just had to get a piece of sick out of my mouth um, about my favourite team. Um, I'm actually quite worried about how well they're doing at the moment, although I hope that the FA Cup tie this weekend really does take the sting out of all of that. But begrudgingly, oh, it really is begrudgingly, um, they're doing all right, aren't they, Bill? Yeah. Hmm? Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. This, uh, the last five games, three wins, two draws. Um, and yeah. Oh, we lost Bill as well now. Oh. Um, are uh, are very keen. Uh, for it. And one of them, one of them is coming tomorrow evening, so we're going to be talking all matters Forest. But uh, oh. um, as, as you said, I suspect they might well meet their match uh, this uh, this weekend. Yeah. Although knowing my luck at the moment, um, they probably will beat Liverpool just somehow. Um, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, anyway, enough of that. That's really left a uh, bad taste in my mouth. Right, we'll move on to League Two. And Bradford City are on a run. Um, Stuart, they're, 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 they're on fire. Uh, they are. Um, two very good away wins in succession at the weekend and then uh, and then midweek uh, at Hartlepool. I mean, they they at uh, the weekend they beat Forest Green, who were the runaway leaders, of course, yes. of the uh, of League Two. Although um, Forest Green have just been in a bit of a trough, and uh, I think they're now no wins in the last six. Uh, but um, but even so, that was a that was an impressive ring win, and uh, I think. Uh, Mark Hughes has probably come in at the right time. I mean, it's an incredible uh, 
thing to do actually to uh, to be able to recruit Mark Hughes. It oh, came completely from left field, and, and apparently yeah. the, the story is that um, his application or his uh, expression of interest from his agent ended up in the Bradford chief executive's junk mail, and he didn't see it. <laughs> He didn't yeah. see to me with and then uh, sort of thought he'd just run through his junk mail and sort of suddenly saw this Mark Hughes is interested in the job. So uh, rang his agent straight away and, um, and they very quickly did the deal. Um, it, 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 I have to say that it makes a change to hear a, a manager talk about his players in positive terms and what he's trying to do. Uh, I mean, Derek Adams, the previous manager, had got to the point where he was just sucking the life and the air out of yeah. um, out of the players, out of the stadium, out of the fans. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it's um, Hugh, Mark Hughes has now got a good opportunity because the, the the you know despite the two wins, uh, I think even if they won every game to the end of the season, they're not going to make the playoffs. So Hughes has got um, you know he's got a number of games till the end of the season now to to try things out, to test dis- different players, to work out who he wants to keep. Uh, you know, put some feelers out for for next year, and you know what, where Bradford are in a good position in re- recruitment terms is they've got a they've got a big name manager. So yes. I'm sure that players will want to come in uh, to uh, to play for Mark Hughes and yeah. be coached by Mark Hughes. So yeah, um, I, it's been incredibly disappointing this season. And I, I, I was full of hope. Uh, I really thought that Bradford could do something this season, but uh, I think because they just need to dispel this we are a big club mentality and just uh, understand where they are um and um you know just uh, just build uh, around mark hughes get the structure right and uh, give it a big go next season yeah i mean bill um with mark hughes in charge it's basically a free free hit for the next what 10 games or so and then next season with him in charge if he gets the recruitment right which is a big if i know but um, as Stuart says, people will want to play for Mark Hughes. So I can I can see Bradford doing really well next season. Um, what what do you think? I, I think you're right. I, mean, I think it is a, a free hit to a certain extent. I agree with Stuart entirely that uh, there's no chance of making their playoffs now. They've got a 14-point deficit with uh, mm. uh, nine games to play. So it's, it's, it's unrealistic. Um, but you can... See, uh, when I say can see it, I can see it in the stats. I've not seen any of the matches myself, but uh, he had a bit of a, 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 a rough start. He, he's clearly turned it round. He's got the players playing to his uh, his, his system. Um, and you know, in the same point I made about Jesse Marsh, if if, if Leeds stay up, he'll, he'll, he'll stock take over the next uh, ten games. Um, you know, identify what he wants and. Uh, um, absolutely, you know. I think if, if there's a player in sort of League One, League Two sort of level that uh, um, that Bradford are interested in, yes, Bradford are a big club. They do get a, a decent sized crowd in there, and yeah. I think with the draw of that, and 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 with the uh, you know the marquee signing of the manager, um, mm. you know, former Man City manager, former Wales manager, um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, um, I think we'd all be a little bit surprised um, if, if if Bradford are challenging next year. Yeah, yeah, I think so fully, I, definitely. I think, I, I, think, I think that's what Mark Hughes would say as well. <laughs> yeah, I think he would. But then this is the first time he's actually managed outside of the Premier League. Um, so to do it at League Two, um, albeit a really big club at that level, um, is still, like Stuart said, it was a major 
a major left field coup almost getting him. It was um, absolutely amazing. And the positivity just seems to be oozing out of the, the club at the moment. Um, right, we'll leave the football there um, and we'll go on to Super League. Um, sorry, Rhinos fans, I know, I know. Um, but we, we have to, it's in the contract. Um, Stuart, um, so the Rhinos are playing Salford this Friday. They are third bottom. They've won one. They've lost four. Um, give us some hope. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a long old season, Ian. That's, that's the starting point. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll try and do a bit better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Rhinos have the most difficult of starts. Let's face it. You know, they played St Helens, Wigan, and Catalans in the in the uh, in the first three games. Uh, Saints are the Man City of Super League at the moment. So I think they're streets ahead of anybody else. Yeah, uh, they're going to take some catching. Uh, Wigan, new coach, uh, desperate to uh, uh, to get back onto the coattails of their their uh, fierce rivals uh, over in Lancashire. Um, so I think they'll do okay. And, and Catalans have been on, you know, have done well for the last couple of seasons and look set to do so again. So, so that was tough. Um, the then Rhinos then secured the first win against uh, Wakefield Trinity. What was most disappointing, I have to say, was um, last Thursday evening, uh, Hull FC put 30 points on them. And I didn't see that. Yeah. Coming. I didn't yeah. see that coming. And that's a concern because, you know, the season actually started. With great hopes, uh, we, we covered. Uh, I was there for the first game of the season against Warrington. Actually, I, I said St. Helens, and it was uh, they played Warrington uh, at Headingley, uh, and you know, full of optimism. A uh, lot, lot of the players back from injury, uh, some marquee signings in the halfback, the Australian halfback pair of Caesar and Austin. Uh, the winger Fusi Towers come over from New Zealand. They've got that core of young British talent. Uh, so there was a heady air of optimism at Headingley on that uh, Saturday lunchtime kickoff against Warrington. But uh, that's, you know, that has been deflated somewhat. But I'll go back to where I started. It's a long old season. There's time yet. Uh, there is. You know, I, I think that um, I, I think we can see Rhinos challenging for a top five position uh, come the end of the season. I'm still uh, reasonably confident that uh, they can do that. Okay. Uh, remember where you heard that, folks. 17th of March, 2022. Stuart says that he thinks the Rhinos will be in the top five. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure I said that. I, said I think that's what you said. <laughs> if you're running back, I'm sure I said challenging for a top five. Challenging place. for a top five place. Okay, then. Subtle um, difference. Subtle difference, I know. Yeah, it's all about the words and the context. <laughs> Um, right, just a little bit on the Six Nations. Um, not your thing, is it, Bill? No, but I've, I've sort of uh, read a little bit about it. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I'm um, chipping with the odd comments. <laughs> so this weekend is the final weekend of the Six Nations. Um, all three games are on Saturday. Um, Wales against Italy at quarter past two. Ireland against Scotland at quarter to five. And then France against England at eight o'clock. Um, the championship, I believe, is between France and Ireland. Um, so, yeah, tell us, Bill, what have you um, what have you been reading up on? 
Well, I've, I've read that the, champ, the championship is in need between France and Ireland. France are <laughs> top on 18 points. Um, yep. Four games out of four, going for a grand slam. Um, that, that, that's the, uh, the last of the games. Um, they're, they're hosting England, um, who I think have been pretty much hit and miss all the way uh, through. Um, yeah. Played four, one, one, two. Um, and, and looking at the fixtures, I can only see three home wins. I can see France very motivated. Uh, they need to win to secure the championship uh, in all probability. Uh, they'll be motivated to do so. Um, Ireland, I think, will be, beat Scotland. Um, and, and everybody beats uh, Italy, so Wales will certainly uh, beat Italy at uh, home. Um, the, fr- the frustration, looking backwards to last weekend, um, was uh, it wasn't really a, um, a fair game be- between um, England and Ireland, because it was 14 versus uh, 15 for all, but... Uh, 84 seconds, and it, it, uh, I know they've got to be very strict on these uh, head injuries, and probably rightly so, but uh, um, you know, it spoiled the game as a, um, you know, a balanced contest from the outset, and I think England did remarkably well to sort of stay in the game until being overrun in that last 15-20 minutes. They did, but alas, the Ireland player that got um, hit in the head had to go off due to the concussion protocol, yeah. so... I, I know it was in the first minute and everything, but I think, like you say, they are cracking down on it big time. And um, I, I, there was only one decision for the referee to make, really, wasn't there? And, and yes, it didn't. The contest died that minute, but for the, the, the rules of the game meant that he had to go, didn't he? I think he probably did. It. I've not. I'm not a big rugby union man, but I've not yeah, heard yeah. many people criticising the uh, the decision. It's just. It's just a shame because it, it, it's yes. what I suspect would have been a you know a fantastic game of uh, of rugby union. Um, yeah. And I don't think uh, um, yours was necessarily massively at fault, but it's it, it's the nature of the sport. Um, it is. And, uh, um, you're quite right. Um, you know, player safety is absolutely paramount, and uh, yes. they do need to be strict on these things. Right. Um, we've got. Oh, go on, Stu. Do you want to give a uh, thirty seconds on that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I hear what everything everything that's been said. Um, my view is France will win the Grand Slam because they'll put at least twenty points on England, um, and I, I make France uh, one of the top three favourites for the World Cup next year. That's what they're building to, to win the World Cup in their own country. And I think they've got a great chance. Um, I, I think England are all over the place. I, I, you know, Selection-wise, um, they're going to finish possibly again fifth for the second six nations in a row. Not good enough. And uh, I think it's time for a change of coach uh, and just get some consistency back into the side. Um, you know, they're, they're probably they're, they're way behind France. Uh, they're way behind Ireland, actually. Uh, yeah, you know, despite, despite the man being sent off, Ireland are much more organised. Uh, they've got Sean Edwards as their defence coach. Um, and um, sorry, uh, France have got Sean Edwards as the defence coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, being... Ireland are coached by Andy Farrell as well. Uh, they're um, coached by Andy Farrell. Yeah. Um, Sean Edwards is uh, France's defence coach after being Wales's defence coach. So I don't know. I don't know what he's yeah. doing in England, being a Wigan man, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe we could maybe we could get that sort of Farrell Edwards axis into Twickenham and uh, uh, see what they can do to sort things out. Anyway, that's, absolutely. That's where I am. 
Thank you very much. Um, right, we're coming up to uh, the last couple of minutes. Uh, we did lose Rob. Actually, he's, uh, he lost connection with us, so um, that's why it has just been Stuart and Bill um, uh, for, the, for the most part of this week's episode. But your sporting moment of the week, Bill. Well, I mean, there's only one, isn't there? I was on the gantry there, um, <laughs> all downcast. Norwich having just... He, uh, just uh, equalised. The ball's pumped forward by Melier. Five foot nine, Joe Gelhart out, but out jumps. It's Ben Gibson, I think. The uh, the, the, the centre half is about yeah. six foot two. Nods it down to Rafinha. Goes down the right wing. Beats two men. Gone to an impossibly tight angle. Everybody thought the opportunity had gone, and through sprinted Gelhart and uh, brought the house down on ninety four minutes. And uh, absolutely thrilled for the. Uh, uh, the young lad, um, he'll never forget that, and, and, no. and I think those of us that were there will never particularly forget that game. I, I do yeah. recall a not not dissimilar finish against uh, uh, Blackburn Rovers one Boxing Day about five years ago, and I can still uh, see it in my mind's eye. Um, so uh, Joe Gelhart is my uh, my moment of the week. Brilliant! And I knew you were going to do that. That was brilliant, um, Stuart. Um, yours. Yeah, well, well, I'm a horse racing fan, and uh, of course, uh, any horse racing fan who particularly enjoys um, uh, the, the the jump racing will know that uh, uh, the Cheltenham Festival's been on this week. Uh, t- 28 races over four days, uh, an absolutely fantastic occasion. Uh, nearly 70,000 people per day uh, packing into the Presby Park course at Cheltenham. Uh, which is just one of the finest sporting amphitheatres there is, if you ever get a chance to go there, if you haven't been already. Uh, but on Tuesday, uh, there, there is a championship race each day. Uh, Tuesday was the champion hurdle, and um, the favourite was Honeysuckle, which is an Irish um, mare, so a female horse, the only female horse in the in the race, ridden by a female jockey, Rachel Blackmore. And uh, Honeysuckle won the race uh, last year, actually, at Cheltenham, uh, behind closed doors. And Rachel Backmore rode it last year. She made history last year as the first female rider to win the champion hurdle. She went on to be the first woman to be the top jockey at the Cheltenham meeting last year. She then won the Grand National on Manila Times. And in December, she was voted BBC World Sport Star of the Year. And uh, on Tuesday afternoon, she went back to Cheltenham with Honeysuckle uh, to, to try and win the champion hurdle again. They were uh, 11 to 8 on favourites and 68,000 people roared them to victory again for the second time. So Honeysuckle became the first uh, female horse to, to win the champion hurdle twice. Uh, Rachel Blackmore rode it again. And it was just a fantastic moment. I think uh, not just if you're a horse racing fan, actually. I think if you're just a fan of sport and and uh, and high achievement. And, and and Rachel Blackmore is such an ambassador uh, for horse racing and for sport in in general. She's uh, she's humble, uh, she's bright, she's articulate, and um, it was just a great moment. Thank you very much, Joe. Did you back yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> did you back yeah. it? Uh, it's two short odds now. Two short odds there. Yeah. But but a, winner, is, a, winner, a winner is a winner, as they say. He is the chairman of the Rachel Blackmore fan club. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he probably got a card offer. Um, I, 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 I don't have one this week. I mean, basically, um, my best moment was 
after Notts' humbling 3-0 defeat away at Stockport, I was on the train home to Leeds on a train full of Manchester United fans that were equally as miserable as me because they'd lost in the Champions League to Atletico Madrid 1-0. And honestly, I thought I was uh, glum and sulky. I had nothing on those Man United fans. Entitlement or what? Anyway. (laughs) Can I just put in a a PS on the uh, the sporting of the week? Um, I haven't seen it, but I read about it. But uh, yesterday evening, Leeds United under-23s hosted uh, Manchester United under-23s. Um, the uh, sorry on Tuesday evening. Um, yeah. The uh, the result was Leeds United three, uh, Manchester United nil, um, and a certain sixteen-year-old uh, with a surname Gray, um, Archie in this case, uh, chipped the goalkeeper from thirty-five yards into the same goal that his great uncle Eddie did against uh, Burnley, I think, 40-some years ago. <laughs> Fantastic. That's in brilliant. Front of a, in front of a crowd of over 10,000. Um, and uh, um, So, yeah, just a, a shout-out for a, a name that I'm sure we're going to hear an awful lot more about. It might be oh, two or definitely. three years before he, he really yeah. breaks through, but uh, everybody seems to be talking about him. Yeah. And, and if I might if I might add a personal note to that, also in the on the 23s on Tuesday night was one Noah Kenner, who I think he's either I think he's 17 years old, playing for Leeds United, and um, my grandson and his cousin playing the same side for Farsi Celtic on the 15s, no less. Oh, Marvelous. brilliant! Eh? small world, small world here. Um, thank you guys so much for your input this week, um, and from Rob as well. Obviously, he's he had a lost connection. So um, from all of us on the Leeds Hospital Radio Sport, we hope you get well soon and get out of hospital. We'll be covering Huddersfield against Bournemouth on Saturday. Stuart, do you know who's doing it? Uh, yeah, it's me and uh, Alistair Kirkpatrick. So we'll be on air from round about 20 to 3, bring you all the build-up and full match commentary from 3 o'clock. Brilliant. Alistair's such a great guy as well. He's amazing. So that will be great listening to everyone on Saturday. Um, And as you say, Leeds are playing pretty much as you're listening to this on Friday evening um, away at Wolverhampton. Um, Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Um, And that will be until next week. Bye bye.